when you're in a calm place, it's easy to make rules. It's easy to say, I won't treat my blood sugar until it goes below 150. It's easy to say, I will bolus for every meal. It's easy to say all kinds of things. However, we also know that in the heat of the moment, when those emotions are going strong, logic goes out the window. And you oftentimes make decisions that are not the best for you. The best way to approach this is to anticipate what you're going to feel and then make a plan to deal with it. You know that you're going to have this strong pull not to take insulin for food or a strong pull to treat your blood sugar way too early when you know that it's high and logic tells you it's perfectly safe. You know those things are going to happen. So if you know those things are going to happen, what can you do when they do happen to make sure that you make a decision that's best for your health, both physical and mental? Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. I want you to meet Amy. Amy's in her early 30s, and she's been living with type 1 diabetes for about 15 years now. Whenever Amy sees a double arrow or even a single arrow down on her CGM, she, in her words, freaks out. She says that whenever she sees those numbers going down, that she doesn't feel safe. And so she immediately treats her blood sugar, no matter how high her blood sugar is at the time. Her blood sugar could be 300, 350. But anytime she sees those arrows going down, she thinks it's a threat. And when I ask her why, her immediate response, without even thinking about it, is, I need to keep myself safe. Now, Amy struggles with lots of different things, but the biggest struggle she has with her diabetes is figuring out the difference between physical safety and emotional safety. In this episode of the podcast, I want to talk about the difference between physical safety and emotional safety and how you can know the difference so that you can use it in your life with diabetes to keep yourself physically safe while also pushing yourself to be able to do things you never thought possible. Now, before I go any further, I want to say one very important thing. With type 1 diabetes, your physical safety should always be the most important thing. And you should never, ever, ever do something that will compromise your safety, either with high blood sugar or low blood sugar. Whenever you have a situation that puts you at risk for having a low blood sugar or a high blood sugar that's going to send you into a problem like DKA, you want to make sure you take care of that right away. No questions asked. But I want to talk about some terms here. And as we go further into this discussion, you'll understand that what we often mistake for physical safety is actually our desire to avoid uncomfortable emotions. So first of all, what is physical safety with type 1 diabetes? Physical safety, very simply, is making sure that you're not in physical danger. 
What does that mean? It's making sure your blood sugars aren't dropping low and putting you in a place where you could pass out or have a seizure or be unconscious in any way whatsoever. It's also making sure you're not doing activities when your blood sugar is low that are putting you or other people in danger. So for example, you never ever want to drive when your blood sugar is low. Also, you never ever want to not take long-acting insulin because that's a surefire way to end up in decay. But here's the thing. Physical safety is always defined by logic and rational thought. You can think to yourself right now when your blood sugars are in range, what is dangerous on a logical level? So obviously, if your blood sugar is low, let's say below 65, you're in the danger zone and you want to make sure you treat it because there's a possibility that your blood sugar could continue to go down. If you forgot to take your insulin and your blood sugar is trending high, then you're in a danger zone, especially if you test for ketones or you're not feeling well. That's putting you in a bad spot. But as you can tell, what we just talked about are things that you can define rationally. And that's an important thing to keep in mind in this discussion as we move forward. It's also important for us to talk about what physical safety is not. Physical safety is not a fear that you're not safe without evidence to back it up. We feel scared all the time about all kinds of different things, whether it's in our jobs or relationships or when you're on a roller coaster at an amusement park. When we're scared, we have the desire to withdraw and not engage. We think we're keeping ourselves safe, but in actuality, most of the time, we're just trying to avoid uncomfortable emotions. Also, physical safety is not an irrational worry that you won't be able to take care of yourself. When you worry about things without logic to back it up, you're putting yourself in a tough spot because it's making it really hard for you to take action. While your mind is telling you that it's probably safe, your body and your emotions are telling you no. And what do you choose? You generally choose a thing that feels better. That is not taking action. It means pulling back and holding yourself back from doing things that you really want to be doing. Physical safety is also not avoiding anxiety. Anxiety, of course, is there to help us. But anxiety doesn't always tell us what we need to know, especially when it's not backed up by logic or information. Whenever you're feeling physically unsafe, you want to be able to ask yourself, am I really unsafe or is my mind telling me that I am? And if you really are unsafe, then of course, do everything you can to keep yourself safe. But if it's your mind telling you that you're not safe, you may want to make a different decision and take a step forward into that anxiety because that's the only way you can actually help your anxiety to go away is by putting yourself in that situation and actually seeing what happens, knowing that more likely than not, you're going to be safe. When we're talking about our diabetes and mental health, we have to be very careful. We have to be careful not to write off our concerns as being concerns about physical safety, when in fact, what they are is wanting to avoid uncomfortable feelings and emotions. Let's be completely honest. Uncomfortable feelings are not fun, or for that matter, comfortable. However, uncomfortable feelings are not dangerous. And we want to make sure that you're making decisions about your physical safety in a rational way and not confusing your physical safety 
with safety around uncomfortable feelings and wanting to avoid them. Of course, you want to avoid uncomfortable feelings, but when you do that, there's a big cost. And most of the time, that cost is not worth it. It's the cost to your freedom. It's the cost of feeling free and flexible. It's the cost of living the life that you want to live. Remember Amy, the person I talked about at the beginning of this episode? She says that she doesn't feel safe when her blood sugar drops. And most of the time, her blood sugar is dropping from the 200s. And she has lots of time to take care of herself and make sure her blood sugar doesn't drop too low. But she told me she doesn't feel safe. And those falling numbers, she perceives as being a threat to her physical safety. But the reality is, what these numbers are, are making her feel uncomfortable. They're making her feel unsafe. But logic tells her that she is safe. And all she's doing is keeping herself even more unsafe because her blood sugars are staying higher than they need to be. And that's not what she wants. You may be asking yourself, we're talking about emotional safety. Is is there any time when our emotions around diabetes are not safe? And that's a complicated question. But the short answer is no. If you're feeling scared, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling overwhelmed, that's good information for you. You want to pay attention to it. But those emotions are perfectly safe to have. They're not going to hurt you in any kind of physical or emotional danger. And they're not going to scar you for life with any kind of emotional trauma. I promise you that. When we talk about emotional safety, what we're really talking about is making sure that we are safe in our relationships, making sure that information that we share about ourselves, when we make ourselves vulnerable, it's not going to come back and hurt us. It's not going to be used against us. And with our emotions about diabetes, that's not the case. Unless you're sharing information about diabetes with somebody else, and they're going to use that against you. If that's the case, then I would caution you not to do it. But if you're experiencing emotions on your own and not in relationship to somebody else, then the emotions that you're experiencing should be used as information to be able to then take and use your logic to decide what to do with them. If you're feeling scared and you can see logically that you should be scared about something, then by all means take action. But like Amy, if you're feeling scared but you know that your blood sugar is high and there's no way your blood sugar is going to drop that quickly that fast, then using that fear as an excuse to be able to bring your blood sugar back up is just not helpful. And it actually keeps you stuck and it's going to be more harmful for you as time goes on. What we find is that when we use physical safety as a scapegoat or as an excuse to keep blood sugars high or to avoid activities, what you're actually doing is hurting yourself. Your desire for physical safety actually backfires. When your blood sugar is high for long periods of time, you don't feel well. You put yourself at higher risk for complications and you avoid activities. And when that's the case, all you're doing is putting yourself at long-term danger and holding yourself back which will only make it more challenging for you to come to an emotionally healthy place. If you're able to differentiate between your physical safety and your desire to avoid uncomfortable emotions, you put yourself in a good spot to be able to take action. And I want to give you four steps that you can use to differentiate between your physical safety and your desire to avoid uncomfortable emotions. Step number one. 
And this is by far the most important step you can take in order to differentiate between physical safety and avoiding uncomfortable emotions. The first step is make rules for yourself. Now, these rules need to be defined by logic. And so you need to do this in a space where you're completely stress-free and not at all worried about your physical safety. You want to be doing it in a time when you can make rational decisions that are not impacted and changed by your emotions. So take a minute and think about what are the rules that you want to set for yourself around making decisions about your physical safety. So for example, going back to Amy, with Amy, when her blood sugar was dropping and she's over 200, that was completely safe. It was, she was in a completely safe place. In the moment, she had a hard time realizing that she was safe, but logically she knew she was. And so for Amy, a rule may be, I'm not gonna treat a low blood sugar or a blood sugar trending low until my blood sugar hits 150. And no matter what I'm going to do, I know that I'm going to be safe, even though I don't feel safe. So take a minute and think about what those rules are for you. If you find yourself getting confused about the difference between your physical safety and trying to feel safe emotionally, take a minute and make some rules and make sure the rules are extremely concrete and also driven by logic. Of course, you never want to make any rules for yourself around your diabetes management. They're going to put you in danger. That should be a given. But also, you want to make sure the rules you set for yourself are going to set you up for blood sugar and emotional success. Now, in the beginning, these rules may be extremely challenging for you to follow. And you're going to believe that you're in danger physically. But know that logic prevails here and that you made these rules for yourself in a place where you could use your logic in a very effective way. In the moment when you're feeling scared, your logic goes out the window. But if you have these rules to come back to and to rely on, it's gonna help a lot in differentiating for you between what is actually physically safe and where your emotions are getting in the way. Step number two in helping you differentiate between your physical safety and trying to avoid uncomfortable emotions is anticipate what will go wrong. As I said before, when you're in a calm place, it's easy to make rules. It's easy to say, I won't chew my blood sugar until it goes below 150. It's easy to say, I will bolus for every meal. It's easy to say all kinds of things. However, we also know that in the heat of the moment, when those emotions are going strong, logic goes out the window. And you oftentimes make decisions that are not the best for you. The best way to approach this is to anticipate what you're going to feel and then make a plan to deal with it. You know that you're going to have this strong pull not to take insulin for food or a strong pull to treat your blood sugar way too early when you know that it's high and logic tells you it's perfectly safe. You know those things are going to happen. So if you know those things are going to happen, what can you do when they do happen to make sure that you make a decision that's best for your health, both physical and mental? Maybe you ask a friend to intervene. Maybe you ask for support. Maybe you go back to that list of rules that you made and remind yourself that even though you feel unsafe, that you are perfectly safe. 
logic tells you so. But you want to make a plan no matter what to make sure that you can move forward and not fall back into the same pattern you've been in over and over again. And that's a pattern of using your emotional safety. And that's a pattern of using your physical safety as an excuse to try to avoid uncomfortable emotions. Because we all know that's not helpful and it's also not healthy. Step number three is commit to following the rules that you made. You made good rules. You made rules that are based in logic. And you've also anticipated what's going to go wrong, what can get in your way, and what's going to make it harder for you to follow those rules. With that information, you can now make a commitment to yourself and, if necessary, to somebody else to follow the rules that you've made. By making a commitment to yourself, you state publicly or even privately that you're going to follow the rules that you made. And you're not going to let your emotions overshadow the logic in your health. By doing that, it sets up a safety net for you. It makes it harder for you to renege and turn back and not follow the rules that you set. I'll leave it to you how you commit, whether that's a private commitment that you make to yourself in a journal or in your mind or a public commitment you make to somebody else or even on social media. By doing that, it helps hold you accountable to yourself and to other people so you can make sure you're following the rules you set for yourself and allowing yourself to use logic and not your emotions to keep yourself safe. And then finally, step number four, never stop learning. Diabetes and the emotions around diabetes and how you keep yourself safe is a constant learning process. Now, I don't want the learning process to hold you back. You know plenty right now to be able to keep yourself safe. But the more you learn and the more experience you get with doing these things, the more free and flexible you'll become. When you push yourself and not take action when your emotions are telling you to because you logically know that you're safe, you get information. You learn. You learn that you're safe. And then you can go further and further and further. If you don't allow yourself to keep learning, you keep yourself stuck. And that's not where you want to be. You want to keep moving forward. But in order to move forward, you have to keep learning. In order to keep learning, you have to be open to the possibilities. And that means sometimes allowing yourself to be scared. And allow yourself to think that you may be physically unsafe when you know you're not. And take action anyway. That's the only way you'll be able to trust yourself to keep yourself physically safe, even though you don't feel like that emotionally. At first, the trust will come from making the rules, from following the rules, and then learning from the rules. But eventually, your feelings of safety and then freedom and flexibility will come from what you already know. It's not necessarily logic, but you'll be able to remember and use evidence from the recent past to drive you forward so that you'll know intuitively that you're safe and you won't be fighting with yourself in the moment when those emotions come up. You'll be able to brush them aside and move forward with ease. I want to give you a quick recap of the four steps to making sure that you are physically safe while not letting your emotions get in your way. Step number one. Make rules for yourself. This is where logic comes in, in a peaceful environment where you're not feeling threatened. Make rules for yourself that are based in logic. You can follow and fall back on when you get scared. 
Step number two, anticipate what will go wrong, what will get in your way, and what may cause you to break your rules. If you anticipate these things, it makes them much easier to deal with. When you can anticipate these things, it makes them much easier to deal with. Step number three, make a commitment to follow the rules, either to yourself or publicly, whatever works best for you. And step number four is never stop learning. The more you're willing to learn and the more you're willing to experience, the easier this becomes. And you'll be able to differentiate between physical safety and avoiding uncomfortable emotions with more ease than you could ever have imagined before. I want to come back to Amy real quick. Amy was able to use these skills and push herself out of her comfort zone. She set some rules for herself. And when her blood sugar dropped below 150, she allowed herself to treat, but not before then. She was able to remind herself that she was safe. She didn't feel safe, but she was able to use her logic and fall back on her rules in order to make her feel at least a little bit more comfortable when she wasn't feeling safe, while knowing that she was. She was able to anticipate the stories she would tell herself when her blood sugar started to drop. Things like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Or I can't handle this. These were common stories that she was very familiar with. And by anticipating them, she was able to make sure that when they happened, she was able to fall back on her rules and use logic to drive her behavior. And eventually, after trying this for a little while, she learned. She learned that she could handle these tough things. She learned that if she didn't treat her blood sugar until it dropped below 150, she was going to be safe. And the more she learned, the easier it became. And Amy is doing very well right now. I'm curious, how do you think you're doing in differentiating between your physical safety and trying to avoid uncomfortable emotions? I'll tell you that sometimes I have trouble. This is not easy stuff. Our emotions are strong, and they lead us to do things that are not always in the best interest of our health. We think that we're keeping ourselves safe, but we're not. We're actually holding ourselves back. If you're having trouble in this area, I want to invite you to join the Diabetes Psychologist Membership. This membership program gives you weekly coaching sessions with me. We talk about all kinds of issues around diabetes and mental health. In the membership, I give you personalized attention and coaching to really help you overcome the emotional challenges of diabetes and differentiate between physical safety and avoiding uncomfortable emotions. We talk a lot about how to handle uncomfortable emotions and not let them drive your behavior. Check out more about the membership at www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash membership. That's thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash membership. And I can't wait to see you in the membership. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. And also, share it with a friend. Copy and paste the link and text it to a friend or email it to a friend and let them know that they'll get a lot out of this podcast as well. That helps me spread the word so that more people with type 1 diabetes can benefit. And I always love hearing from my listeners. So if you want to reach out, please DM me on Instagram at the diabetes psychologist or send me an email to mark at the diabetes psychologist.com. I would love to hear from you. And of course, Be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Remember, type 1 diabetes is not easy, but you can have an easier time with it. And I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.
Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Podcast.